This morning at 2.13 a.m., 39th District personnel responded to a report of a shooting at 304 West Chelton Avenue inside the Del Mar Bar and Lounge. When officers arrived at, the, at that location, they observed the victim lying by the front door of the bar, suffering from a gunshot wound to the chest. The victim was transported to Albert Einstein Medical Center, where he was subsequently pronounced at 2.30 a.m. Our decedent was identified as Jeffrey Johnson, 58 years old. From bar surveillance video, you can see that as the bar was closing for business, Mr. Johnson, an employee of the establishment, was escorting patrons from the bar. As these patrons were exiting the bar, you can see the shooter lag behind the others. Once all the other patrons had left the bar, you can see the shooter produce a firearm from his waist area. He then points the firearm at Mr. Johnson. It is believed that the offender intended on robbing the establishment and instructed Mr. Johnson to lock the front door. Mr. Johnson appeared to hesitate for a second, at which time the offender fired a single gunshot at Mr. Johnson, striking him in the chest. That was Captain Jason Smith of the Philadelphia Police Department. I'm Flood the Drummer, and you're listening to Drumming for Justice. It's Thursday, March 21st, 2019. Is Philadelphia a safe city? That's a conversation being had in the city of brotherly love in light of a fatal bar shooting that occurred at 2.30 a.m. Thursday morning. Now, last week, the DA's office answered that question in the affirmative, arguing that despite homicides being up, overall violent crime is down. But City Councilman Curtis Jones Jr., who chairs the Public Safety Committee, offered the opposite answer when I spoke to him on Monday afternoon following a public hearing on gun violence. Here he is. Speaking of safety, the violent crime is down, but homicide is up. The DA's office says this, the city is safer despite the rise in homicides because violent crime is down. Do you feel the city is safer? No. Mm-hmm. I'm in the chair of public safety. <laughs> uh, it, was just, it was just an article in one of my safer parts of my district, Overbrook Park. Yeah, four It talked about killings. four killings over four years. But think about that. Up until that point, nobody, mm. it, was, it was Pleasantville, USA. Mm-hmm. So we are learning crime travels. It's getting younger. Mm. The, the average age of the perpetrator is getting younger, into the teens. And so we need to address those issues through after-school programs, through job creation, the best prevention of gun violence is a job. I also posed that question to Captain Jason Smith, who today held a press conference at PPD headquarters to ask the public's help in solving the murder of Jeffrey Johnson, a Germantown barkeep who was fatally shot early Thursday morning. Here's how the captain answered. Like I say, yeah, we're, we're, we're up a few homicides from this, this point last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we're doing our best. That's, that's for darn sure. I'm at all the meetings that the, uh, that the command staff holds. And uh, staff, we, this, is, this is constantly discussed and we're constantly coming up with ways to improve the way that we police the city so that we can do a better job. I wanted to get an idea of how the public feels about the issue of city safety. So of course, I inquired of the man of the people, Ike Raw, host of Unsolved Murders in Philly with Ike Raw. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable, the sometimes controversial, the intellectual intimidator, and the man of the people, Ike Raw. Wow, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? The intellectual intimidator. The like intellectual that. intimidator and man of the people, 
Ike Raw. You like that? Absolutely. That fits me. I like that. What's going I'm on? Working on my monikers, uh, just in case WWE decides to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> the intellectual intimidator. He's got him. <laughs> Don't <bullshit>. mind me. <laughs> Yo, this anchor shit is fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Listen, uh, I wanted to talk to you because you're the man of the people, and I wanted to get an idea of how people are, are thinking about the issue of city safety. As you know, I talked to Councilman Curtis Jones Jr. Uh, this week. He said, you know, and he's the chair of public safety. He said he doesn't feel that the city is any safer today than it was last year. Uh, the police captain who, uh, Captain Smith, who I spoke to today in, in regards to the shooting at Delmar Bar, wouldn't really give too much thoughts on it, but but did acknowledge that homicides are up. And of course, as you know, Ben Waxman, spokesperson for Laya Krasner, said the city is safer because homicides are down homicides are up but but violent crime is down and so the city is safer under Krasner's policy you talk to mothers and and folks everyday people all the time you do your unsolved murders in Philly with Ike Raw and so I think you're uh, among the many people in this city who would have a really uh, uh clear insight into how people are feeling about this so is Philly safer today than it was this time 2018 what would you say Absolutely not. Okay, why? I mean, just look at the numbers. I mean, all right, let, let, let me just say this first of all. I mean, what's today? The uh, 21st of March? The 21st of March. And how many murders do we have already? Uh, we have about 300. No, not 300. I mean, I'm going to pull it up now. But we are a few numbers up from where we were last year. Right. About 2 to 3% increase. Exactly. So, as they always I'm pulling the exact number up as, 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 you, as you talk. Uh, 68. So we're at 68. So here's the interesting thing, Ike, before you answer. At this time last year, we had 68 murders. So we are exactly at the same point where we were last year. And for listeners who are not necessarily familiar with, with Philly homicide, last year, 2018, we hit and broke a we, – you know, we, we had the most homicides recorded since a decade, uh, since 2007, which was 391 um, homicides. We ended 2018 with 351 at this time last year, in 2018, we were at 68 homicides. At 2019, we're at 68 homicides. Right. So, I mean, like they always say, men lie, women lie, the numbers don't. Mm. I mean, we can, all, we can all understand, we can all say that, you know, if murders are down, if homicides are down, then the cities must be safer. If, you know, if reports of robberies and, you know, shootings are down, then the city, then the city is safer. No, the city is no safer than it was in 2018, 2017, 2016. Mm -hmm. If you ask 90% of the people in the city, they'll tell you it's worse. Mm. How many people can point to so many different reasons in their opinion? Some people will say because Larry Krasner is soft on crime. Some people mm -hmm. will say because, you know, the parole, parade, the parole probation board is, you know, just letting people back out in the streets. Some people, okay. some people will say that, you know, uh, some killers see that, they're not getting a lot of time from the DA, so, you know, why should they care about killing somebody? Because if they go to jail, nine times out of ten, they probably want to get a, want to get a six to twelve-year sentence of five to ten, you know, maybe less than that. So, mm -hmm. it's a lot of things that people are saying, just like you said, I talk to the moms, I talk to the victims, you know, all the time. I talk to some of the, you know, family members of the perpetrators. Mm -hmm. you, you know, so what, what, what they're saying, what some of them are saying, are, yes, you know, we're you know, times are changing where a lot of criminals are not getting a lot of time for murders. Yeah. They're not getting a lot of time for shootings. You know what I mean? So shooters and killers are looking at this stuff like, hey, you know, if 
I know somebody who shot somebody, you know, they still on the run. So, Aki, as I was, I was asking you, you know, there's, as I was talking to Councilman Curtis Jones, the, um, the actuality of safety versus the perception of safety. So when you say, you know, people don't feel safe, I wonder if, are you speaking more to whether people perceive the city to be safer or whether qualitatively you can point to and say, no, the city's not safe? Right. I mean, you, I look at it like this. When we talk about, you know, like you said earlier, you know, rapes are down, uh, you know, robberies are down, you know, so they say. But mm -hmm. as far as, you know, what I deal with, with a lot of people are dealing with are, you know, violent crimes that, you know, lead to murder. We're talking about people who are losing their loved ones. So when you have somebody who lost their loved one and the killer of their loved one is still on the loose and, yeah. you know, is, is possibly sending, you know, threats out to the family. You understand what I mean? Now, mm -hmm. take, not only have you taken that person's loved one. And that person is living in fear. They're also living in fear of what you or someone you may know are going to do to them as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not that the city is, you know, safe. We can say, yeah, you know, the robberies are down. Let's be specific when we talk. Don't just say, oh, the city is safer when, you know, that, that's that's a ridiculous statement to make when you have the <laughs> of murders. I mean, I'm, I'm just being real, Flood. When you have mm -hmm. the of murders, you know, and, that, and just like I said earlier, that's the most, to me, you know, that's the most vicious crime, that's the most vicious vicious part of violence that you can do to someone is take someone's life. Mm. So the same amount of lives being taken this year as last year, how could you possibly say the city is safe? Yeah. When you're talking to parents uh, during your interviews with, with, with your, your show, your broadcast Unsolved Murders with Ike Raw, what are parents saying about the city and the issue of safety? What do they, what do they want? Do they want more, more stop and frisk? Do they want more police in their neighborhoods? Do they want more after-school programs? Are they offering opinions at all, or, or is it more just grieving when you're interacting with people? No, people, no they don't see the things like you just brought up, the after-school program. It's like, see, th that's all stuff that we talk about and everything okay. like that. But, the, you know, the real issue is, you know, oh. I, like I give you a couple of, couple of, couple of uh, circumstances. Some people, like I say, some people blame the district attorney's office. Say right. the district attorney's office is soft on crowd. A lot of people blame the detectives because they say the detectives knows who was out here doing the shit, but they just won't make arrests, right? Okay. You have people who blame the community because they see the people in the community know, some of these people know what their sons and their nephews and their cousins are doing mm -hmm. and they allow them to do it in the community. So it all goes hand in hand. You know, you can pick, you know, whatever parts you want to say is, you know, contributes to it. But at the end of the day, the violence is still here and you still have people who suffer from it. So when I talk to the moms, you know, a lot of them, like I say, they touch on different things. Detectives not playing their part. Okay. The district attorney, like the district attorney being too soft on crime. You know, even when you do have a detective who do solve a murder, the, the, the you know the, the defendant goes to court and you know they might get plead out to a sentence that the family isn't happy with. Mm -hmm. And then you hear you know, stories of the family not being talking to when you know these things coming up. And then you know that could, that could build frustration as well, and that could make a family member say, "Hey, you know what? If I can't get no justice in the court." I'm going to take my own justice out. So that's another, you know, thing that can lead to more violence. You understand what I'm saying? It's not, I mean, not, it's not the DA office's job to go out here and investigate these murders and charge these mm -hmm. people. The detectives have to do their job. If the detectives feel as though they have enough evidence to make an arrest, they have to make go to the district attorney, whoever they got to go to and get a warrant to have an arrest. They have to present the evidence to the DA. And what, you know, how Larry talks, they don't want to take these court these cases into the courtroom if they don't feel as though the evidence is strong. Mm -hmm. Because I, I talk to a lot of moms, a lot of dads, and they tell me the detectives know 
who killed such and such. They know who did this, but mm-hmm. nobody came forward. They have pictures of these people. They got their mm-hmm. names and stuff. You understand mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just that nobody will speak up. So that plays a part in it too. And the reason those people don't speak up is because why? They're afraid that their hair is going to get blown off. So don't mm-hmm. tell me you're safe. You know what I mean? You just said something, though, that's, that's really key is that there's this, this misinformation that people say, oh, well, the district attorney is letting people out of jail. The district attorney isn't keeping people behind bars. Or, but in some of these cases, to what you alluded, these cases aren't even being solved. Right. You got, you got a lot of people, you a lot of time, like, I, you know, I deal with a, a lot of unsolved murders. And a lot of the moms, you know, they, they like to say, well, what is he doing? What is, and, uh, you know, some of them, their cases aren't even, you know, they don't have, it's not even a killer in custody. Mm. But they see what is going on with other, you know, parents that they've been supporting when their child's, you know, trial comes up, and they say, "Well, he got offered this, or he got offered." Wait a minute, what do you mean? Mm. And then, so they're fearful, like, "Well, wow, well, what if when my killer, you know, my child's killer get caught, they're going to get the same thing?" So they feel lost. They don't feel the, they don't feel like they're going to get justice, okay. and, and that's what it is. So, so they 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 looking at it like they already thinking that, that they lost the fight. So they 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 blaming the DA office before. The detectives even have someone in custody because they're saying mm. they saying what's happened to you know some of the other murder cases in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you know Larry is you know the DA office is making you know crazy deals with you know all these people. Sometimes you know deals get made he don't know about it and you know stuff like that. I, I just want everybody mm-hmm. to understand that every deal, every plea bargain that's made in the city of Philadelphia from the DA office, Larry Krasner doesn't sign off on every bargain deal that goes down <laughs> with every person in the city. That's what people got to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of his ADAs, if they feel as though, well, you know what, this is something, you know, I, I, I feel as though Larry would go with this, and they sign off on it, they rock with it, they rock with it. Now, if we come back and bite him in the ass, then you know, hey, then they got to deal with that. Yeah, well, that's interesting because most people do think that Larry Krasner is overseeing every single case that goes in out of that office, and that he personally is making the decision. This is a city of 1.5 million people. This is the sixth largest city in the country. He is not overseeing every single case. Flood, we just have to use common sense at some point, Flood. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when, when people, you know, they, they grind me up all the time because they know, you know I voted for Larry. So anytime they feel as though Larry did something wrong, they come right at me. They call me, they text me, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what, what I'm saying, I don't have a problem. Just like Larry, just like anybody, right is right and wrong is wrong. If you thought something wrong, I'm going to call you out on it. But yeah. I'm telling them this is not Larry. Just like you just said, common sense. You think everybody that's sitting in county jail, everybody that's waiting to go to trial, he actually signs off and looks at every single case on a guilty plea or deal that's offered. Mm. Not every single case. Y'all got to understand this. Mm-hmm. So I, you were talking about not every single case gets wrapped up and looks at, at the district attorney. Before I let you go, I want to I want to get just one last question with you. You know, we are in uh, we are exactly 60 days from the May primary. Mm. Uh, we'll be electing, you know, council people and, and maybe even a new mayor, depending on what Philadelphia decides to do. Four years ago, when we were electing a new mayor and a new legislative body, uh, it was in the height of the Black Lives Matter movement. Freddie Gray had just got his spine broken. Mm. Uh, people were still talking about Brandon Tate Brown because, you know, he's, his killing was at the tail end of 2014, the beginning of 2015. Right. But now... As these mayor, as the mayor, mayoral candidates run and city council candidates run, the issue is violence. Uh, and, and that wasn't the issue four years ago. What do you want to hear from the candidates who are running? What do they need to be saying uh, as, it, as it pertains to the issue of violence in the city and city safety in particular? Well, I'm um, flood. The one thing about Ike Raw is I don't think I should 
have to tell a candidate, you know, what they should say, or I shouldn't have to tell a candidate what I want to hear. Okay. They should know, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing about me. When I look at politicians, if you're from this city, you love this city, you know what it takes. You understand what I mean? Yeah. You know what you're supposed to be saying and be doing. I shouldn't have to tell you. Flood the drummer should have to tell you. <laughs> right. You understand what I mean? Right. So, so when, so when they say, hey, I want to run, do I got your support? When I all, ask all of them one question, what's your agenda? What you trying to do? First thing, most of them tell me, well, you know the schools. I just, eh, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Uh-huh. What you got next? Well, you know, uh, then they stuck. You know, everybody just go with the schools, education. Everybody want to, you know, uh, repeal the soda tax mm-hmm. and everything like that. So it's more to life than that. So at the end of the day, for all the candidates that's listening, I don't care if you're running for mayor, you know, at-large council, district council, whatever it is. If you really, you know, true in your heart, you love the city, you're going to do your job the way you're supposed to do it. I shouldn't have to tell you what to say. You know what the city needs. You know the city is you know, tired of the BS that's been going on. So if you win, get in there and do the right thing. If not, you're going to be exposed and you won't get another turn. Fair enough. Ike Raw, how can people get in contact with you if if there's a parent out there listening who wants their child's murder investigated and, and you know, you've had some success recently uh, with, 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 with the stories you've highlighted, getting people on the street, how can they contact you? Um, you can email me. If you want to email, you can email. The email is unsawmurdersinphilly at gmail.com. Um, also on Facebook, unsawmurdersinphilly with Ike Raw on Facebook. Instagram, unsawmurdersinphilly as well. Uh, we got another story that I'm about to do uh, coming up as well. Yeah, we definitely had some success. We have three people since I've been doing this, Flood. Three people have been arrested uh, since, you know, us profiling of the, you know, murders and everything like wow. that. So we have three people in custody since October. So it can happen. Like yeah. I tell everybody, you know, I'll, and I only profile, like I said from the beginning, I only profile the murders of, you know, the family who asked me. Okay. Listen, you know what I mean? I don't go around just looking at, you know, picking out, oh, yeah, yeah I, no, I'm not into that. Because to be honest, mm-hmm. if it doesn't mean that much to you to post somebody's picture or talk about your loved one's murder, I don't want to get involved as well because I'm not a detective like we said in the beginning. I'm not out here trying to solve murders. I'm out here trying to help you mm-hmm. find the person who did it and help you get justice. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. You can also follow him on Twitter at IkeRaw1977. You can subscribe to his podcast, Raw Talk, with IkeRaw at anchor.com slash Raw Talk. Or you can just look up Raw Talk with IkeRaw on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. As for me, of course, you can follow me across social media at Flood the Drummer if you are an iPhone iPad user, you can subscribe to TechBook Online. That's my news organization, TechBook Online on Apple News. Thanks so much for listening. It's Flood the Drummer again. Just want to make sure you have my information. You can follow me across social media at Flood the Drummer. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Flood the Drummer. And you can follow Ike Raw on Twitter at Ike Raw 1977. And look him up on Facebook, Unsolved Murders with Ike Raw. And if you're listening, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Podcast. We appreciate you for listening and can't wait for you to check out the next episode. Until next time, I'm Flood the Drummer and I'm drumming for justice.